Hello and welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm the Professor, and with me today are Bucky. Hello. And the DJ. Hey all. We still haven't gotten rid of him. Uh, we, we, we are looking for a cure. The penicillin doesn't seem to work like it did on that rash. Did. I didn't need to know that. Our fans didn't need to know that. Oh, come on. Penicillin's a great And just a side note, do not take any medical advice from those amalgamated. We are not doctors. Not yet, anyway. Yeah, you and your big wig trying to be a doctor, mate. <laughs> hey, just because I have asked. Ooh. Got to have something to go with the perspiration of all that studying. Yeah. Anyway, tonight we have Guillermo de... What was that? Um, I just threw Is someone throwing cutlery. No, I just threw a um spanner, uh, a gecko oh. that was starting to climb, climb up on my bedroom. Fair enough. Anyway, tonight we have Guillermo dead. Guillermo, <laughs> I cannot do this tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and you pick on, and you pick on the DJ. You know sometimes you just get a word stuck in your mouth. Well, it's better than having something else stuck in your mouth, I guess. No, no, no. Family friendly. <laughs> what? I was going to say like a gobstocker or a peanut butter sandwich. Or... <laughs> We're not all grotty perverts like you. Do you want to start again? Third time. No, I'm fine. For the third time tonight, we have Del Toro's Pinocchio. Steam finally supporting Aussie dollars and a new landing site on Mars. First, we have Pinocchio. So, DJ, take it away so, with the uh, other little robot thing. <laughs> You'd get along well, I think. So, basically, fresh off the uh, Oscar, from his Oscar win, Guillermo del Toro um, is planning to make another another movie, uh, this time with Netflix, called Pinocchio. Which and... one did he get the Oscar for? Was it Shape of Water? Yeah, yeah. The Shape of Water. Yeah. Which is an yeah. awesome movie for those who haven't quite around to watch. Oh, yeah, man pretty good it was it's a pretty good movie movie but yeah um so basically the film will be set in italy during the 1930s um which was basically during the time when mussolini was in power and production for pinocchio will be will begin this fall was he in power or rising to pin the uh was consolidating control of the country <clears throat> so were the trains running on time yet yeah i think so <laughs> yes it was uh mussolini who got that attributed to him didn't he i thought that was Stalin. I'm pretty sure it was the Italians. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Mussolini made the trains run on time. Both is the first time for a train. <laughs> yeah, it was. I see you got a bit quiet there, Bucky. <clears throat> yeah, oh, sorry, I was just a bit thoughtful for a moment. I thought you were studying too hard to think. Uh, I'm trying, trying to give my brain a break, but unfortunately... Uh, it must be the penguins giving him a hard time. Was... Hey, hey. It's that mind control race. <laughs> You get you get your own thing there, but but buddy boy. Ah, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, Del Toro as uh, Del Toro doing Pinocchio. This is a good. Would you say this is a reboot? Per se? No, just a remake. I wouldn't say it's even a remake. It's it, it'll be going on Del Toro's personal style. It won't be like any of the other versions of the story. You'll probably go back to the original darker version of the story rather than ridiculous nonsense that Disney's come out with. So are we going to have any weird sex scenes like in Shape of Water? <laughs> I don't know, but the I wouldn't shape put of puppets. In. But it's um, stop motion animation. So, yeah, basically the same as his um, Corpse Bride 
one. So yeah. Well, the plot um, Del Toro briefly states is saying Pinocchio is an innocent soul with an uncaring father who gets lost in a world he cannot comprehend. He embarks on an extraordinary journey that leaves him in a deep understanding. Oh, I've seen this of his movie. Father. What's it's that? Called Forrest Gump. <laughs> Forrest Gump. I wonder if, if Jiminy Cricket's gonna gonna be Bubba. Jiminy Cricket is Bubba. What? I've got the save, Jiminy. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, let's, was... let's, let's let's be careful here, guys. Let's not pick on the um, Forest Company. Too many feels that are, are derived from that, and the fans tend to get a bit violent and pick on it. Oh, yes, that, that would be pretty funny. <laughs> Imagine that uh, Pinocchio crossover with Forest Gump. <laughs> yeah, I reckon it'd be pretty pretty short though, because being from the south, Forest Gump would be pretty quick. Like. He's pretty quick at running, so he'd also be pretty quick off the, the mark with swatting mosquitoes and so forth. So, yeah, I don't think Jimmy Cricket would have done too well. What sort of wood was Pinocchio made out of? Is he like <laughs> pine or is it something dark? I don't because know. That would definitely change how Forrest Gump would go if Pinocchio was Forrest. Um, well, it was. I don't think they ever specified the type of wood, but it's usually. Um, an orangey, deeper hue for most of the stuff. So, yeah, wouldn't be pine. You'd want something that's a bit, bit stronger and h- harder wearing for a lot of that. Uh, from what I've seen, according to the original source, um, we... a block of pine wood. Uh-huh. So Pinocchio was white. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. Pine is yellow. Yeah. So he's Chinese. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pinocchio is a cheap Chinese toy. <laughs> We're going to come up with a, so many jokes, aren't we? So many bad jokes, aren't we? Well, we, we should do the whole you. mystery science theater thing with this new Pinocchio movie. Hey, what? Okay. Uh, I, I wonder who, I would like to see who plays as Geppetto and who plays as Pinocchio. <clears throat> I don't know who plays as you know, Jiminy. Do you know how hard it is to find someone who fits into that costume? Um, what was the guy from Game of Thrones? Oh, uh, the short Tyrion. guy, Peter Dinklage. That's it. That's, that's, a, that's a bit bit harsh coming from you calling him short. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's that, that's going to be funny. Just see, imagine Ron Perlman. Obviously, I was hoping Ron Perlman to play as Geppetto because he's always a frequent um, collaborator with another Del Toro. Crash? No, 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 no. I've seen, I saw Hellboy uh, then, like, Del Toro and Ron Perlman always in the, in that movie, in those movies. Uh, Something's well, telling me you are feeling a little bit more like you feel about Russell Crowe towards <laughs> uh, Ron Perlman at the moment. No, it's not. Like, like you, you got to have Ron Perlman in Hell, Hellboy movies because he was Hellboy in the original Hellboy movies. So that might Pacific be the reason why he's always there. What's and, his and, films? And Pacific. Is he in Pacific Rim? So, yeah. He was okay. the guy that got that gets eaten by a monster yeah. midway. Animal and... Chow. That's right. Yeah. I um yeah, I've just been looking at the plot section on Wikipedia and it says that a carpenter started to carve Pinocchio as like a block of wood into a table a table leg and the log screams at him. Mm-hmm. It reminds you that uh, if trees could scream, would we still cut them down? Maybe if they screamed all the time. For no reason. Well, it depends on how they scream. And how do we know that they don't? Just because we can't hear it doesn't they not. Yeah. Well, technically, grass screams. The smell after you mow the lawn is um, 
a pheromone that the grass puts out to warn the other grass that bad things are happening. Mm-hmm. What was that movie where um, they got the nature striking back and it passing it, the message? Uh, the happening. With, it's um, the one where everyone starts killing themselves because the trees mind control them. I can't. I, I can't remember. There's it's just, everyone just starts dying or whatever. Yeah, and there's just a group of them that get that get away and they figure out that it's um yeah nature's had enough of it's killing them. All. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, M Night Shyamalan made that. Movie. Yeah, the happening. That was a weird movie. It sounds like sounds like he did it after he made it. <clears throat> I'm reading the rest of the uh, the plot um, section here, and it is weird. Okay, in the original ver- original story of Pinocchio, Pinocchio killed Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, got his feet burnt off and was hanged and left for dead. <laughs> oh man, so much for that forest. Yeah, Instead of a bit about the donkeys. Well, what do you say? Yes. Saying? Now, how do they turn the puppet into a donkey? Because they turn the kids into the donkey with magic or whatever. But he's a puppet. He's not a kid. He's made of wood, not I don't know. Just a bit of extra carving. He's made of wood so you can interchange them. Uh, so there's a fisherman who is going to eat Pinocchio. That's not a healthy diet, mate. Maybe needed a bit more fiber. Um... You, you know what's going to be even more hilarious about this? Imagine if they say, like, he doesn't become a boy. He becomes something else in the end. Firewood. <laughs> <laughs> Firewood for the barbecue. <laughs> it's, 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 it, uh, imagine the ending after Geppetto destroyed the whale he used pinocchio as firewood to cook no 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 because he starts a fire to get the whale to cough him up what do you think pinocchio is firewood (laughs) when he gets out he just carves another one (laughs) all this talk of fairies and stuff reminds me of um when i went to see the nutcracker with my girlfriend and i the whole time i was just thinking what sort of drugs were they smoking they must have had some serious parties back then. Um, well, it was Moats who wrote the Nutcracker story. Oh, no, I thought that was um, Tchaikovsky. I can never say his name properly anymore because Tchaikovsky. I always drive my girlfriend insane by calling him Chai Tikozy. Uh, Piotr Ilyich Tchaikovsky. Yeah. You actually weren't too bad on the pronunciation either, did you? Well, thank Tchaikovsky. you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. That, you know, imagine Forrest. Imagine. Like I said, I'm still hoping for a Forrest Gump Pinocchio crossover with this. If only known about it for five minutes, how can you be still hoping for it? I'm just, I'm just thinking about it in my head, but it's just he's, funny. He's got that glitch in the software where he gets <laughs> fast fixated on one particular little thing and he stays there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it, could you imagine Del Toro in putting putting a bit of his magic into this movie? Well, yeah, it's actually quite easy to imagine because he's doing it. No, I meant what type. What type of, no, I meant what type of what what type of strange thing is he going to do though? Like the shape of puppets. Call it now. You guys are working <laughs> something. I haven't decided yet if the. I'm, I know, not, I, I'm not in buying into that one because I've already said I'm, I wouldn't put it past him. I could imagine. Honestly, we're still waiting on you to pay up, DJ. I'm I'm thinking more of the um the Pacific Rim Pinocchio edition. Just see like a gigantic Pinocchio just battling the whale. <laughs> Is <laughs> he still like... gonna have people like riding in his head? <laughs> yeah. I think that's Japan. I think that's where Geppetto fits in. Oh. What's, what's Jiminy Cricket gonna be? The the other other partner in the of the team? No, nah, Jiminy's gonna be um, Idris Elba. 
<laughs> oh, oh man, it's like I can imagine Jimmy Cricket saying, "Restart the clock." Every every time Pinocchio defeats the whale. But it's got to be Bubba, though. No, that's if Forrest Gump. Yeah, but you movie. want a crossover, so we can have Bubba saying okay. restart the clock. So we're going to have Pinocchio Forest Room. <laughs> oh, um, Just be careful how you say that. You don't want to mix those words up. <laughs> you mean Pacific no. uh, Pacific Forest Note Pinocchio? No. Something currently. Pacific Forest Rim, mix up those three words. How long are we going to give him to get the dirty joke you're making? I'm, I'm surprised out of that one. Got it. Um, Pinocchio Rim Forest? Which would go well with his, with his growing nose every time he tells a lie. <laughs> oh yeah, that's going to be the other thing. Like, how, how are they going to manage that? Like, all these quirky things. Like, I promise to never tell a lie. And... CGI? Yeah, CGI. Nah, <laughs> never. They haven't done that in any movies before. <laughs> But it's a um, stop-motion animation. Yeah, true. So I'm not sure if it's going to be claymation or or what, because he did Corpse Bride and all that sort of stuff. So there's... You know in Pacific Rim when they pulled the sword out? In Forest Rim Pinocchio. <laughs> God damn it, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but you changed position. In this horrible crossover <laughs> monster of a movie... <laughs> Is Pinocchio's nose going to be the sword? <laughs> Geppetto's going to be like, I've got a new weapon. And then Pinocchio's nose just goes... <laughs> yeah, but as, I don't as think... That's all you mean for picking your nose. <laughs> could you imagine... Could you... You know what's funny? You know funny? Could you imagine that killing a whale? <laughs> just um, impale the whale right through on the nose. Oh, that's a... Yeah, with all the dirty jokes, that's just gone bad. I think we, I, I think we need to just step back. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're not second we're... take. Uh, shameless shout out to the other TNC podcasts for the night. <laughs> second take the podcast about movies. Yep. I haven't listened to them. Do you guys listen to them? I listened to part of one of them, but I got called away to go. Well, I assume they're good because everything uh, TNC does is good. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do us as well. So, are we going to? Yeah, let's claim we're good. We're good. <laughs> anyway. Our next topic for the night is that Steam is finally officially fully supporting Australian dollars. Thank About God. Time. <laughs> yep. And I've had the, according to the article, they've had it on the back end for years, but they're only just finally putting it through to the actual front end. So we'll see games in Aussie dollars instead of US dollars, even though they've had regional pricing and everything. It just doesn't make sense. But. I'm not bunch, complaining bunch because I'm buggers. very happy to be able to tell what I'm paying. Bunch of buggers. Like it's not as though it's all that difficult to have there. Like everyone else can do it. It's only a small amount. Of- yeah, they did it for New Zealand first. I mean, what? who even cares about New Zealand? Well, Australia does because we have so many of them coming over here to live. Yeah. Shameless plug out there for our Kiwi listeners. I'm just hoping they don't use it to make games more expensive with the usual cost of living and all that even though the games cost more in australia than they would adjusted for the australian cost of living well what was it what was what were the recommendations the last time when they said like how things were so <clears throat> so expensive here including tech stuff was buy off amazon or yeah um choice i think it was yeah yeah uh put out a statement a few years back 
recommending that we all buy off Amazon and get it imported because it's cheaper than buying from Australian stores. Reminds me of uh, a friend I had in Brazil who said that every few years, their family would take a holiday to America and buy iPhones because it was cheaper to fly to America, buy iPhones and fly home than to buy iPhones in Brazilian dollars, Brazilian uh, reals. Real, yeah, real. Um, wouldn't surprise me, but um, if you're going to buy it, buy it from, like, depending on what you're buying, buying it from China is actually a worthwhile option because they've got products there that are just as good. Well, most of them are actually made in, you can get stuff made in the same factory just with a different name on it. Yeah, and a lot of the time it's um, exactly the same. They just came in after hours and ran a batch off. Yeah, well, that's what I was just saying. It's, it's made in the same factory, it's just got to be. Yeah. The DJ's vanished. Is he still around? Is he alive? I'm still around. I heard him make a weird noise. Uh, I'm still around. I'm still around. I'm just wondering. (laughs) That's what happened. That's why he's gone quiet. He's thinking. I'm wondering, though, will this be... Code red. Code red. He's thinking. He's thinking. Code red. (laughs) Sound the sirens. Sound the Um, I think we can. He's thinking. Reset the clock. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was just thinking, like, I'm just thinking about what Buck said. With the whole, is it gonna? Is Steam just gonna be rorting the system now with the Australian dollars in place? Well, that was actually the professor. The professor yeah, said that. Um, it's just I, taken that long to percolate through. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, they're an American company that are prone to trying to rip everyone off. Just but it's the same as um, with Amazon when you buy books and so forth for the Kindle. You don't actually own it. You just buy the license to yeah. access that material. And Valve has so, made a big deal in the past about how if they ever go under, they will uh, unlock every game that you've bought so that you download it once and it's cracked, basically. Yeah. But they um, obviously haven't had to test that yet. I'm just I'm just glad they're finally actually going to be doing the transaction in Australian dollars. I just wish I just hope that they're not going to try and introduce sorts of all sorts of little underhanded and deceitful moves oh, yeah man. oh man microtransactions is going to be going to be interesting well Why? ideally that will still be the the same price uh, though i suppose the microtransactions are actually a lot of games um that charge one dollar us and gets converted to a dollar fifty australian or whatever um might get a better deal because they'll only charge a dollar australian just to keep that nice 99 cents roundup mm-hmm. uh, marketing going Although if it's an electronic transaction, it's still having 99 cents. Yeah, but it's a psychological thing. Yeah. They get inside your head. They they mind control you like the penguins. <laughs> That's where they learned it from. Yes, it's more appealing to see something that is 99 cents instead of a dollar. Yeah. Because humans are dumb. It's even more appealing to see something for 97 cents. Unless you're in America where everything is weird and they don't put tax on the product label. The number of times I um when I was living in America, I'd go to the game store and be like, "Great, a game for ten bucks," and went <laughs> to buy it and didn't have enough money because it's got an extra dollar tax. I need an extra dollar. I think it was that for most of the uh, most of the games I bought. Because um, I had a friend who was over there who had a massive dummy spit about the fact they they went to the shop. Um, <clears throat> they were over there for something to do with work and they were at some conferences and so forth, and they went to buy some mementos to bring home and so they work out yep i can buy all these things i've got the money according to the price 
and then they got up to the counter to pay for it, and then, then they're told, "Oh yeah, you, it's that plus tax." Yeah, and the tax, and the tax was just like ridiculous amounts of money. And they said, "What's all this tax?" And they said, "Well, you've got the city tax, the regional tax, the state tax, the federal tax." And my, my friend just turned around and goes, "Yeah, and you got an extra tax in yourselves as well." So you what? I'm going elsewhere. You guys can't put the prices up. You <laughs> did a very yeah. typically Australian sort of response. You can't. I think it depends price. on um, the state as well. I was yeah. in Oklahoma. Ah, okay. Oklahoma, the wind comes sweeping off the plains. Great musical. My Which entire they, family they actually watching it. They haven't actually done that on musical stuff and everything I know. So. <laughs> oh, great. I'll have to see if I can get on as a guest and rant about how everyone fell asleep. <laughs> the other well, thing... You could do um, that with um, Gone with the Wind, although that's not a musical. Oh, um, fellas, uh, the other thing I'm also wondering about with this whole um, Steam theme thing is the gift cards. Like, you know, the Steam gift cards. I wonder yeah. what, how, how they how they get added into, into the mix. Well, it used to be you'd go to EB Games and buy your $50 Steam gift card, and they charge you uh, $60 or whatever. I remember, I think I paid $76 once when um when the Aussie dollar was really bad. But uh, it'll just be you buy a $50 gift card for $50. Yeah. And actually, uh, the article I've linked in the show notes is from Kotaku. Uh, they have a new article in their feed at the top. What to expect after Steam supports the Aussie dollar, and just came out uh, this morning as of recording. They say that uh, generally games are the same in Aussie and US dollars. So they've included Two Point Hospital as an example. It's thirty-five bucks in both currencies. So it's actually cheaper to buy the Aussie dollar. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all right then. But will they try to sneak it in through the back end? Kind of like maybe. Pinocchio they do Forest. call out Doom. Bethesda has been um, one of those companies that's always been bad about that. And uh, Civilization Beyond Earth. Okay. So we just have to make sure we watch out for Pinocchio and Beyond Forest. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should tell the conspiracy theory guys. Just say like, oh, Pinocchio was in Forrest Gump the movies. Guys, so carefully. What? In mumbling and... <clears throat> I've no way I've never said this before, but you need to come closer to the mic. <laughs> well, I'm not mumbling. Say... I actually understood what he said, but it just, it's actually up there as one of the craziest ideas. That's something no one's ever said before. So, what were you saying, DJ? All I'm no, saying no, is no, imagine. No, no, it was bad. Okay, we don't want to know. Nah. We don't want to know. You don't want to repeat it, trust me. <laughs> okay, Bucky, what's your story for the night? What's my story for the night? Um, my story for the night is... Oh, you mean the article that I was talking about? Okay. No, I want you to read us a bedtime story. <laughs> uh, okay. Long, long time ago, in the land far, far away. <laughs> um, no, my article for tonight is looking at NASA's next landing site for Mars. They still haven't confirmed which one it's going to be. They've actually been going through the process of having debates as scientists want to do we enjoy debating and arguing and fighting about little things um so after three days of intense debate a non-binding vote by the scientists at glendale 
has resulted in a tie between several candidate landing sites, apparently, according to the article. Although it, there's only four, so I don't know how to get several. Some retard can't count, and he's writing for a science Yeah, and it says lower down, uh, there were four sites. Two of them had a near tie. One of them was close behind. Yes. Um, there's actually a more in-depth article given you guys already. Um, it actually goes into greater detail about it. Um, the two there's the two sites that are being what are being considered um, as more fa- in a more favourable position. That's um, there's two of them that are close together. And in the more detailed article, if you scroll down through it, I just posted it up there for you guys. Um, they're only twenty five kilometres apart. So after it does all the the research in one location, <clears throat> the rover can drive across to the second site and continue doing research there. And they've actually just gotten hold of the chassis for the rover and are working at installing all the bits and pieces, so all the computer control equipment, um, the batteries, all that sort of stuff. And it sounds like they're planning for sample return. It is on the list of things they want to do because they're going to be drilling some core samples for a lot lot of um, bits and pieces for research and um yeah they want they do they are adamant that they want to get those samples back to earth to be able to physically analyze it here and do a lot of extra tests that they can't do with the rover and this is an exciting mission it is um one of the because one of the sites that they're looking at it they're calling it the delta um it's actually they're expecting that there's a lot of material there that could be showing evidence of microbiological material and microbial, microbial, um, and like and entities and all that sort of so increased signs of life on Mars. Although what the Martians actually think of all of this sending remote control cars to their planet, I'm not too. Sure. Well, they enjoy it because have you seen how long Spirit and Opportunity lasted? The only way that's possible is if the Martians were fixing them up behind our backs. That was the one that went for four years? Um, yeah, well, they had a 90-day mission, and they're still going. One yeah. of them is, anyway. It was just there? recently... Yeah, we spoke about it a while back. It went online for a while, but I think it's come back online now. Yeah, they've got one... Um... <coughs> the Opportunity the Rover? is deceased. Oppor- opportunity Rover... Um, His curiosity as well. Has driven more than 37 kilometers and visited lots of extra terrain and operated longer than it's. <coughs> so, from what I can understand, the Opportunity Rover is the, the bad boy on the block with the best minutes record. It is. Although, which one was it that actually had, had to drive in reverse because it had a broken. That's Curiosity. That was Curiosity. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Have you got the second article that I just boosted up to you guys? Yeah, yeah, I've skimmed through it. Yeah, if you scroll down, I I love the map where it actually shows the details and it shows where Curiosity and Spirit are both sitting. So Columbia Hills is where they've already been once before. They want to go back to, <laughs> and they're struggling to get enough people supporting the idea of going there. Um, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I think it's Northeast Sirius and Midway are the two that they're looking at. They're looking at landing at one or the other or partway between and driving in doing the digital base because they're so close together. I don't understand though. Uh, the article says a new landing site midway might allow the rover to study rocks in both terrains. I don't understand why they wouldn't just drop it on one and then drive it to the other instead of dropping it at midway, then going back and forth. Well, midway has similar terrain to, I think it's Gisero. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's a replacement. So, yeah. So the, the terrain is, is looking very similar. So they'll, they'll land there, get the samples there, and then drive to northeast um Sirtis or whatever it is Sirtis, and get samples and all that there but um there's still lots of concern because it's only expected to have a two-year mission so yeah there's lots of debate about is it going to spend two years at midway and then try to go to the other or vice versa or whatever it is oh um and it's going to down your... in the article too i yeah. said curiosity was going backwards which it is spirit was as well okay and while it was going backwards, it um, scraped up opaline silica, which on Earth is a sign of life-supporting hot springs. Yes. Um, so the Martian silica deposits are stromatolite. Stromatolites are cool. Yes. There's, um, on the north coast of Western Australia, there's a huge mud flat just completely covered in stromatolites. Mm-hmm. And they're basically the bacteria that created uh, oxygen. Yes. They made the atmosphere so oxygen-rich that they themselves then died out or um, suffered greatly. Which is sort of funny that we're doing the same thing with carbon dioxide now. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who really want to get their, their geek on tonight, stromatolites is from the Greek stroma meaning layers or stratum, and lithos, meaning rock. So, layered yeah. mount. Because the um, schmatolites that I saw, uh, actually, they're in that Wikipedia article you just linked, yep. uh, Shark Bay and the Pilbara, they're round. And that's because uh, the cyanobacteria that made them deposited layer after layer of uh, rock. Yeah. And that's a function that's actually produced by the bacteria involved, which is one of the main reasons why they want to go and look at this sort of stuff, because it actually helps to formulate evidence there is actually life on Mars. And they can actually... awful small affair. <laughs> so, yeah, there's just so much information that they can find from these things, and so exciting. I, I actually wish I could actually go with Rover, go to Mars. Elon will take us soon enough for hey, the great Elon. Oh, uh, yeah. Unless, well, depending on what the American government does, because they're trying to shut him down now. Yeah. If NASA uh, won't give us a ride, it's going to have to be Elon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what's interesting about this whole thing, though, is how the landing sites are all pre-named, instead of going to the public and naming all the landing sites. Yeah, well, that really worked out for naming a boat, didn't it? <laughs> was a boat, boaty make boat face. <laughs> well, this one, um, uh, I was looking up an article about Opportunity, and I saw in it that... They opportunity and spirit were named after a nine-year-old, so that one worked out. 
They weren't Rover McGrover face. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were named after. Well, not named, but the other thing is um, the landing sites are actually named by scientists. But there's a lot of the stuff that's there where they've already mapped out most of the surface of Mars. So a lot of the you can areas... look at it in, um, in Google, Google Earth. Hmm. So all those, all those names such as Gisero and all that, that's actually, it, it, it's been named ages ago. It's not the scientists that are involved in this mission. Or the, although one thing I, I did find really interesting about this um, more in-depth article is they're talking about they're looking at the um, planned routes that they're considering to go between the two locations, between for the pathway between Jezero and Midway. Ah, Jezero and Midway, sorry, not uh, Certus. Um, yeah, they, they, they've been poring over the planned the possible routes for months feverishly looking to make sure there's no issue. They said uh they said that the crater was named after one of the towns with this <clears throat> with this name in Bosnia and Herzegovina in several That's Slavic uh so in several Slavic languages including Czech, Serbo, Croatian and Slovene, the ta- the word Jezero means Yep. Um I've also just found an article about opportunity which was covered by the sandstorm recently mm-hmm. is unfortunately still silent. Oh, when um, Matt Damon goes up there to as part of the first man mission, he needs to know where they, these guys are so that he can get access to the batteries and material keep alive. I love the uh, scene in the book where he accidentally destroys the rover. He shorts it out because he converted his battery drip around off cables because uh, <laughs> that way he could work faster. And he accidentally shorted out the power supply and blew up the rover. So he lost communication with Earth. Mm-hmm. And that's why the... Um, the I'm a space pirate scene didn't make any sense in the movie because he was still talking to NASA. <laughs> but uh, in the book, he wiped out his equipment. And it's just a great example of how shitty you feel when you screw up your soldering and destroy your hardware. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but which uh, one, but, um, guys, which movie was more scarier, like trapped in the space movies? What, this or Gravity? I haven't seen Gravity. Um, gravity wasn't really all that scary. Like, I wouldn't say the yeah, Martian was, was scary, scary either. Scarily, it was scarily bad acting. <laughs> yeah, the whole point of the Martian was optimism as well. So they're not really horror movies of any sort. Well, no, but what I'm trying to say is like the whole being trapped in space. Like it gets it. It, it could get scary though. Well, neither of them were. They were trapped in space. One was on a planet, and the other one was free falling to Earth. So they weren't really trapped in space. Yeah, they. W- both had a planet within relatively easy access. Are you going to post the link to the Martian now as well? Yeah, I was actually. Yeah, I'm actually going to do that. While hey, you're DJ, doing try that. to keep up. The Martian, gravity, interstellar, lost in space, forbidden planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm not done yet. Star Trek one, Star Trek three, Star Trek three, Star Trek four, Star Trek four, <laughs> Star Wars episodes one, two, three, four, five, up oh, three and a half, six, seven, eight, nine. Rebels, <laughs> Clone Wars. Can you post them all? Um, yeah, actually, while I was reading that journal, I noticed a, another article. We were talking about the robots, like the autonomous robots flying, like the little drone things last week for mapping out some, some like the subterranean caves and all that. Um, and there's, I saw an, an article about force manipulation with micro air vehicles. So your little tiny robot bugs the size of the palm of your hand that are now able to lift up to 50 times their body weight 
we'll have cool. that in the show notes there. It's a, it's an interesting article to look at, especially when they talk start talking about the fact that that the idea of scaling up the lifting ability, because when you consider the fact that like fifty times its weight, if you bring up a robot that's flying that weighs two ton, carrying fifty times its body weight, the system that is going to be an interesting operation. Yeah, there's a um. A, an image demonstrating it on the article mm-hmm. the, that you just linked. They hook onto the payload, let out some line, then anchor to the environment and tug it in with a winch. Yes, and it's based on the behavior <laughs> of your wasp. So it's actually, I apologize if the article is a bit too technical for some people, but yeah. It's actually really, really cool when you start considering all the possibilities of what this is doing. Sorry, and it's okay. uh, considering you tried to kill a gecko earlier with your spanner. I didn't try to it... kill her. I just tried to chase it away. All right, if you say so. <laughs> I like the... it because I get rid of the bugs. One of the um, designs of this flycro tug uses a gecko adhesive pad inspired yes. by the way gecko feet work. Mm-hmm. Hey, as I said, I, I, it's not that I don't like them. It's just they hang around when I'm we're doing the podcast, and make lots of. They do, but yeah, no um, possibilities that this represents. Um, I can actually see them using this sort of technology as part of the operational stuff when they actually start going to Mars. Oh, that would be great if um if the rovers had a deployable tug that could uh, pop off, grab onto a rock, and tow the rover out of the dust. Well, that's what I was thinking. It gets bogged. It's also, yeah, part of what I was thinking. Um, also, when they actually do manned missions to Mars, having a environmental control suit which has flight capabilities similar to the the tugboat, tugboat, and um, but with also with the drag, so able to ma- maneuver materials around with the this suit, similar, which is getting closer to the um, is it Gundam? Light suits, where they they got them from the mining robot stuff that they use. DJ, are you there? Yeah, yeah. The Gundam flight suits were evolved from mining suits that they use to lift objects and mine. You mean the Zakus? That, that's the name. I couldn't remember the name. But you know, the yeah. so I, I can see this as being like something like this has been incorporated into an environmental suit for operational materials and so forth. And Let's face it, the military's going to take over like that eventually, and we're going to have Gundy. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, he which wants his power armor. Which brings us back to um, Orhail <clears throat> Elon, saying that it's time to start creating mechas, meaning the mecha suit, not the city in the Middle East. <laughs> anyway, we're starting to run up on our time limit. So, the games have been playing this week. Bucky and I played Deceit. The DJ was late because the internet connection is shit. God damn Australian call. Hey, we're using Australian internet and we had no problems. It's all you. <laughs> it's a CIA following. No, I don't know. <laughs> it, it could be Pinocchio and, and his band of penguins. The penguins you... have learned how to DDoS. <laughs> <laughs> actually, in further news, Bill Gates is actually a penguin. <laughs> no, shouldn't have said that. Now they'll come after you. <laughs> Um, for those who haven't actually had the fun of playing Deceit, it's actually based on the idea of the movie, the, the book, the thing, and the board game, which was, what, what was the board game called we played? Uh, who Goes There? Who Goes There? Except you got more maps. 
and they've got some really, really cool material. In yeah, it's so it's a first-person shooter. Two players are the thing and um, have to drink blood to transform. The other players are trying to keep an eye on the blood bags to stop the monster scanning power while completing challenges set by some mastermind scientist <laughs> who um, to earn weapons to fight off the monsters when night falls. And then night falls and the monsters come and eat you and it is unpleasant. Not unless you're the monster. Yes. Being the monster is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. That mechanic reminds me of um, Alien vs. Predator in the game where you can you can become the al- you can become the alien and you can hunt down other players. Yeah, it... it's that sort of asymmetrical gameplay. Or was it Alien Isolation? That wasn't multiplayer. But, but definitely, uh... definitely worth checking out um, if you're looking for a fun way of spending some time. And they've got servers yeah. that are all around the world, so you should be able to find something in a language other than English in the first place. And uh, you're not interested in playing with the nine-year-old Russians? Oh, I had a nine-year-old Russian in there this <laughs> afternoon. My goodness, I was so grateful that I was thing at that point. So uh, <laughs> he, he got killed very quick. <laughs> but then somebody... I highly recommend playing with uh, voice chat on because the screaming people do when they see you come out of the shadows is incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, the, the nine-year-old screams. He died. Someone revived him, and I got to kill him again. So <laughs> there was a bonus in that, but he screamed, he screamed twice. The second time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they've just released of... DLC today. Yes. Um, actually, last night, um, a new DLC. You can actually get the vampire. I'm kind of disappointed it's not a um, I want to suck your blood kind of vampire <laughs> and more of a uh, I am legend vampire. Yeah, but they kind of poke. They kind of poke fun at um, what was that ridiculous movie series based uh, on the, the the gay the the, the gay um, not the, um, the books. Is um, it the, Dusk Till Dawn? No, uh, I think uh, he's talking about Twilight. Twilight. Oh. If it was Dusk Till Dawn, that'd be cool. Um, I haven't so, seen that one yet. I keep meaning to, but you, you're not missing. They got sparkly vampires. No, I mean Dusk Till Dawn. Ah, oh. <laughs> I just know it's about vampires. <laughs> Dusk. You haven't seen Dusk Till Dawn? No, I haven't. Uh, so, so you're right now. Sam Hayek's dance in there. You will love it. Okay. Imagine the professor watching Twilight. Oh, Not happening. <laughs> we can imagine you watching Twilight. Nah, I will not. You own them in a box set, don't you? You own the books and the DVD. I bet he does. With I bet he owns poster. multiple copies, so he can take one with him wherever he goes. Do you have a big poster of Robert Patterson up on your bedroom wall? <laughs> nah, I he's think he's quiet. more uh, of the Team Wolf. He's gone quiet. I know there's a werewolf in that, and I know that I muted him. Ah. Oh. They're talking about Twilight. <laughs> and insinuating that I would watch the movie. Okay. And I think DJ's definitely more of a uh, Team Werewolf kind of guy. I'm ashamed I even know enough about it to be able to make that distinction. I'm going to have to unmute him now so he can talk about his game. What did you play, DJ? Oh, in pre- in preparation for the new Red Dead Redemption coming out tomorrow, I've been playing God um the re- the the uh, God of War game that came out earlier this year. I fail to see how these are related. Well, oh, the PlayStation, the place the, there's the PlayStation angle, and plus it's not really linear, not the linear storyline type of game with the uh, Red Dead and and the new God of War. And plus, there's a loads of side missions as well for both of those games. You can, no, you can be playing um, Skyrim. 
Yeah, but Skyrim doesn't have horse Doesn't have what physics? Horse scrotum. There's memes going around about the Red Dead game about how they've modeled the horse's scrotum and how it changes shapes depending on the temperature. Hey. I see I've shocked you into silence. Yep. Um, I, I think I remember hearing something about it once before, but yeah, it seemed to be... Maybe it's because you're a oh, I saw a meme about, about it today that was... um, It was one of those... <laughs> Is that that post? No, yes more? meme. And it's like, uh, no, um, follow the plot line. Yes, ride straight into the mountains and watch your horse's ball shrink. I don't even know why that's a feature. Why is that a feature? I think they're trying to make it as realistic as possible, you know, with the next next gen consoles kind of thing. Try and sell the next gen consoles. At least it's better than when COD made a big deal about that fish AI. I, I think it was just there was a gaming developer a little bit got just balls. But... Oh, and and uh, another and, and the other feature with the horses, it, it will it will actually shit. It's it will actually shit while 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 you're riding on while you're riding on the horse. I that's something I hope is slightly more realistic than the uh, way you perform bow movements in Ark. Oh. Does Scum do it too, where you're just walking along and your character's like, and then there's a pile of shit on the ground? <laughs> I don't know whether it's, they, they do that, but they um, marinate. I, I've seen videos where they're marinating the animal, like the deer or whatever it is they catch, and they're cooking, or the zombies. They, um, they're one of the videos I watched, they actually had a, there was a group of them where they came up in the party and there was four of them and they were cooking some meat and they actually had a, a marinating poop party session so they cooked the meat in shit no 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 they cooked it on a fire but they were pooping on it oh. poop. and it actually brings some of the nutrients that you poop out back in yeah. so yeah that, that was kind of sad watching them pooping and teabagging <laughs> for it was that they were cooking. oh no so something something to look forward to when you play scum you can actually eat your own poop <coughs> not only can you be a zombie you can eat poo <laughs> i'm still gonna play scum but i'm gonna do everything i can to not be a coprophilia because <laughs> i have class <laughs> so 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 they keep saying <laughs> after is that before class? playing scum is that class or ass? <laughs> class, class. <laughs> nah, I've been doing doing a lot of squats lately. Been working on my glutes. Well, you gotta help you push them out there a bit harder. <laughs> <coughs> Different muscles. <laughs> anyway, before we uh, traumatize anyone else, let's get on to the birthdays. On the twenty second of October, it was the birthday of Ernest Julius Opik uh, from eighteen ninety three. He was an Estonian astronomer and astrophysicist known for his studies of meteors and the structure and evolution of the cosmos. He was born in Kunda, Lanaviru, Estonia. And my pronunciation is awful, so any Estonians, all five of you, maybe out there listening to this, please don't kill me. <laughs> Closer to home, the 22nd of, 23rd of October, 1813, Ludwig Leichhardt, the German explorer who explored northern and central Australia, was born in Sabrot, and on the same day in 1868, Frederick William Lanchester, the English polymath and engineer, inventor of the first British petrol automobile, um, under his company, the Lanchester Motor Company, uh, was born in Lewisham, London. He's uh, a really fascinating guy. Back then, you, I feel like you don't get people who are masters of so many disciplines anymore, but he had his fingers in uh, cars engineering, aerodynamics, mm -hmm. 
and operations research. Yeah. Then on the 23rd of October 1908, Ilya Frank uh, was the Soviet winner of, well, he is a Soviet winner of the Nobel Prize for Physics in 1958 with Pavel Alexeyevich and Ale- Igor White. Alexeyevich. Alexeyevich, thank you. And Igor Y. Tam, um, got Igor. Yeah, it was what they got their uh, prizes for explaining the phenomenon of Sharonkov radiation, which the character in Star Trek was named after. It's my favorite kind of radiation because it makes things all pretty and blue. It occurs when a particle travels in a medium faster than the speed of light in that medium. So you see it around nuclear reactors that are water cooled. Which is the reason why uh, they always had to put the glowing lights on in the movies. Yes. In... Green lights in some, don't they? Yeah, they do. Why do people think radiation is green? Because... I don't think I've ever seen an actual green radioactive thing. Um, this is because back in the 50s, whatever, when they started doing colour, green showed up as a glowing light, the horror movie. Fair enough. <clears throat> um, in 19... Same day, 1942, Michael Crichton's birthday. Writer of <laughs> such classic sci-fi, including... Jurassic Park, The Andromeda. Uh, was Congo a sci-fi? I haven't read that one. Congo? Um, yeah. It, well, not really sci-fi, but it, it's... Um, in some ways it is. It's also crossed with fantasy. Um, you got apes and that are, defend, that are being specially bred and evolved into being highly intelligent and also extremely <clears throat> violent that are defending King Solomon's mind. Okay, sort and of uh, being protected by, next as well. And the, the whole the party's gone there to release um, a gorilla that <coughs> has learnt sign language into the Congo region because that's where she was stolen when she was only a little baby. And so they're taking her back there, but there's some guys that are part of the party that are intending to sneak off and find King Solomon's mine and attract the <coughs> rat. Of the guerrilla defenders who are employed. It reminds me of a book, I think it's called Hell Island by uh, who's that Aussie guy who wrote all the horror books? He's back. Uh, Can you say that question again, Professor? Who was the Aussie guy who wrote the horror books a few years back? Oh, One of them was called Scarecrow and the Army of Thieves. Is it? Uh, I think I know who you're talking about. Is it Matt Riley? Matthew Riley. I think it is, yeah. That's that's not horror, that's action. Yeah. Okay. I remember him being called the Australian Stephen King. My uncle's actually making... It's just because of the quality of his um, writing. He's absolutely amazing. If you want a good book to read, he's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, the only one I've read was a a bit of a novella. It's um, Hell Island, and it's about soldiers going to an island and fighting uh, enhanced apes. Yeah, it's that one of the being... only ones of his that I haven't read. Ah, it's a, a good one. Little um, sidetrack note there. You, you know, yep. he actually got rejected by all the different publishing houses. And so he actually went and published his own book and went and sold it to bookstores to get himself started. Oh, cool. And he actually went for a few reprints. And then that he got picked up, and that's when he did Ice Station 7, I think it is. Ice Station 7? Or Ice Station. Yeah, Ice Station. And that was his first one that was published professionally by someone else. And then he went back because I think it was his first one was the competition, which was set in a library. Yeah, contest. The first the one contest. was this contest. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, next up, from the same day again, because everyone was born on that day, in 1954, Ang Lee, who directed... Uh, did he direct Drogback Mountain? Uh, he... Taiwanese-born American filmmaker, Drogback Mountain, Life of Pi, and that Hulk movie no one talks about. <laughs> but you're talking about it now. <laughs> oh, you got me there. <coughs> he was also famous and for move- Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as well. Moving on to our events of interest, on the 16th of October, 1950, on the 16th of October, it was the 68th anniversary of the release of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the first published Anania story. Mm-hmm. And the 23rd uh, of October again, 1934, Jeanette Picard and her husband, uh, John Picard, piloted a hot air balloon flight that reached uh, 17 and a half kilometers Jeanette was the first woman to fly in the stratosphere. And that's um, Jean Picard is where they got the name for Jean-Luc for Star Trek, by the way. Yes. Which I think in the story um, somewhere he's actually descended from Jean Picard. Yeah, he is uh, a French guy, isn't he? Uh, like, that's um, his background. Yeah, I think he... Even though he's always... T.L. Grey hot. <laughs> wow, you can't mess with a man. No. Especially when he's also... Okay, so I've got the bio for Jean-Luc Picard. He was born to Maurice and Yvette Picard in France. <clears throat> and family history. He has aristocratic history. Um, <clears throat> From what I've gathered, nothing on his history. Okay. He's saying that uh, the rest of the family in the French have, been, have become obscure by the 24th century. Yeah, I remember saying somewhere in one of the episodes. There, let's move. Okay, yeah. Otherwise, yep. it'd be uh, same day, 1941, Dumbo was released. The one about the elephant, not the one about the DJ. Oh, speaking of um, Walt Disney movies, rem- uh, remember how last episode we were talking about um, who uh, about Aladdin and who's gonna vo- yeah. about the voice actors? You know who I would like to see. You know I would like to see in Aladdin, Gilbert Gottfried as the parrot again. I just want to see Gilbert Gottfried as the parrot in the in the new Aladdin movie. We'll add that to the DJ's list of man crushes. <laughs> I'd rather see Jeremy Irons as the parrot. Ah, oh, come on, Gilbert Gottfried <laughs> was born for that role, but he's he's more sly and that gravelly voice. Either that or um, Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry would do a good parrot. Actually, no, Stephen Fry would do perfect as the Sultan. He would, or a genie. The genie, yes, not the not the. But we're getting sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. Getting, sidetracked yeah. again. You keep yep. ruining. You ruin everything, DJ. <laughs> Anyway, same day, 1958, the Soviet novelist Boris Pasternak, who wrote Dr. Zivago, uh, published in 1957, won a Nobel Prize for Literature. Mm-hmm. And that is all of the uh, special events and birthdays for this week. Check out our, our website, our Facebook page, leave us a comment, send us an email. What's our email address, DJ? Uh, nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com. Send a tweet to our twit. What's our Twitter account? Uh, at N Amalgamated. Send and check out our merch and check out the other That's Not Canon people. So this is us signing off. I'll see you next week. Hey, Rune. See you guys. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.